Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for this day that you have made. Thank you for the Spirit of God that leads us to triumph. Thank you, Lord, that you always give us the victory. Thank you for... Uh, this time and this season where, Father, there are storms, there are situations, there are circumstances. We're seeing all manner of things being shaken during this time. We see the controversy. We see the unrest. We see everyone calling out in every direction, Lord. But, Father, I pray this morning that every man be a liar and let God stand true. And that your principles are the ones that are eternal. And your word will not pass away. Father, in times of darkness, there's a light that shines, Lord. And we pray that we might stand, that we might arise, that we might shine with the manifestation of your glory in our lives. That it would be seen, that it would be felt that it would transform the lives of those that are witnessing us run this race of faith. We pray, Father God, that you continue to extend abundant grace, that we would be strong in the power of your might, that we might listen to you and be attuned to the instruction of heaven, O God. While the earth grows darker and darker, there are a people that arise and that shine bright with the manifestation of your glory. And we pray, Father God, that you bless your word this morning, that it would be a word that would serve as a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, that your word would not return void, that your word would be the bread of life, that would nourish our spirit, that your word would be a double-edged sword, that we would be what you called us to be, that we would have that which you have told us that we have, and that you would fulfill the promises that we are so patiently waiting for them to be fulfilled. Father, we pray that your, your purpose in our lives be fulfilled and that we serve you on this earth and this nothing is, takes a priority to our pursuit than honoring you and living for your glory. We pray, Father, your blessing upon your word and allow us to understand your ways, that we would be strong in the power of your might in Jesus' name we pray, and the people of God say amen and amen. Now, um, I want to submit a preliminary understanding. Because here in the house of God is a place where God is forging the character of Christ in men. He's forging character. That's the essence of what makes a man a man. When you talk about character, you're talking, a way, you're talking about how a man thinks. And we know that the thoughts of men are super misdirected in a, a million pursuits outside of God. But the psalmist says, one thing do I desire and this will I seek. So you see from the million expressions of man's thoughts that a, a man after God's heart has one thought. And this is what he will pursue, that he might be found in the house of God all the days of his life. He's contemplating the matters and the affairs of heaven. Why? 
because earth is passing away and all of its glory. So everything that is man's pursuit, yesterday I was talking to Pastor Richie and he says, man, some guys here upon the earth know how to puff up and be real like, Aah! I go, yeah, but they get a kidney stone and they fold over and they keel and, and if they get a little infection, if they get a little cancer in their pancreas, if they get a tumor behind the eyeball, just a little dealing of God that causes them to see how frail they are. We were talking about, I, I, I brought up uh, King LeBron. I go, King LeBron needs to know that there's a king of kings, that there's a king of glory, and don't be lifted up and proud, and don't be a peacock, because God knows how to resist the proud. He knows how to bring a strong man down. And so those that puff up, and, and the mightiest upon the earth, the, the, the Bible says that the race is not to the swift, the battle is not to the strong, it's not to the man who has riches untold, but upon whom God has mercy. And so that is what our, our continual pursuit is, the character of forging men to become like Christ. That's our work. Our work is not to promote religion. We're not in the religious business. We're not into religious enterprise. The matters that concern the church are bringing up men to the measure, to the stature, to the fullness of Christ. Perfect men. God wants perfect men to be presented to him because he will entrust them to a further charge. If they're faithful in the small, he can entrust them to greater responsibility. And he says this in his word. He says, you, you were faithful, now take over 10 cities. You were faithful, take over a hundred cities. You were faithful, sit upon my throne as I have overcome and sat on my father's throne. And you will rule and, and reign the nations together with Christ. So it's a high and lofty call that God has called man. It, it causes the psalmist to say, what is man? Psalm 8 verse 4, it says, what is man that you're mindful of him? You know, what is the son of man that you visit him? Why does God want to have a relationship with man? We are his master craft. In all of creation, there's only one whom God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So I know that, that you know, the world and secular humanism wants to diminish the glory of man to be an animal. They want man to, to be represented by a monkey through evolutionary process. We came from a single cell and we came through this. Listen, that's hog wash. That's not going anywhere. That's a bunch of foolishness. God created man in verse 5. It says, this man you created, you made him a little lower than angels and you crowned him with glory and honor. That's why man pursues um, a, an expression of, of dominion. Every man wants to be a champion. Every woman wants to represent her husband who's a champion. No woman wants to represent a loser. No woman wants to go around with the last name Mrs. Loser. Mrs. Unfaithful, 
Mrs. Pornographic. No, a woman wants her husband to represent honor and glory. And so verse 6 says that you have caused him to rule over the works of your hands. What's that mean? God is preparing man to rule, to take dominion, to care for things of value, things of weighty importance. You have prepared a body for me. I have come to do your will. You, you, I'm on your assignment, oh God. I'm not distracted. I'm not diminished. I am a son of God. And so that pursuit, you have put all things under his feet. This is what God created in man. It's just the way it causes a mental explosion just to consider that we're called to what Paul considered the high call of the Lord. He says, I consider all things lost. I consider all things rubbish. He even says, I consider all things dung. That means worthy to be flushed down the toilet. That I might pursue the high prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. That means I've heard the voice of God. And I know what he's called me to. And every other voice in my life is diminished to chatter. It doesn't make any, it doesn't resonate. When you're called to such a high call, you're not worried about any other thing. You're pursuing God. And so while we're focused, laser focused, and we read Colossians chapter 1, verse, here I have verse, let's start in verse 27. The Bible says, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory. God has, has tapped us in. To see a glimpse, because the Bible says now we know in part. We, we're going to know a little bit more clear. Some people have passed away in the previous years. And at their funerals, I said, listen, I don't have to preach to them no more. Why? Because they're seeing it. They, they got transferred over. To be absent in the body is to be present before the Lord. And so I don't have to sit there and make known the word of the riches of his glory they're seeing the angels. They're seeing the city of God. They have become part of the cloud of witnesses that are watching us now who believe even though we haven't seen. And so we have been led to understand and to know what are the riches of the glory of this mystery amongst the Gentiles. And the mystery is that when Christ is being formed in us, when his character is actually lining up with who he is, this is the hope of glory. That means you're headed in the right direction to fulfill the, the purpose of God. Let's go quickly because this is not the message. This is all preamble. This is the appetizer. Verse 28, because we know these things, him, Christ, we preach. Uh, one thing is to know Christ in, in regards to the written word. But to be able to preach Christ is a transference of a spirit that forges the character of Christ. That's why preaching is so important. You wouldn't be able to be saved without a preacher. You couldn't come into the purpose of God without a preacher. How will they know if they don't hear? And how will they hear if people are not sent to them to preach? Blessed are the feet of those who proclaim the goodness of the gospel. 
Him we preach, and the way we preach is warning every man. So if you ever tap into Spring of Life Fellowship, you will hear the sound of the hammer and the chisel. You will even feel the chisel chiseling your heart. People are saying, Pastor, why are you, why is it so strong? Why is every message so intentional, so deliberate? Why? We are preparing men, teaching every man in all wisdom. What for? What's the purpose of this? That we might present every man perfect in Christ. So this is a challenging cause. It stretches man. In the last days, the Bible says, people will not endure this. They won't endure the stretching of man to be presented perfect, to be able to think right, speak right, and live right. And so that is, that's a miracle. It's a miracle by a God of miracles. The work of the Lord in our midst is supernatural. Uh, the Gentiles, they don't understand it. They're lost and they're free in the cares of life. Those who have been saved and born again and have come to the knowledge of the Lord through the grace of God understand that now God is calling us to higher ground. And so we've had thousands, listen very carefully, thousands upon thousands of men who have decided not to walk anymore in this direction. They find it too cumbersome. It's too much of a burden. Why, why are you calling me to perfect my husbandry to be a better husband to my wife? Why are you challenging me that a father needs to be fit to present his children before the Lord completely sound and whole and integral? The, the work of a, a man in his marriage, the work of a, a father in his home, the work of a son of God upon the earth is the highest of the callings. This is not any little matter. As I was talking to Pastor Richie yesterday, and we we're contemplating the nature and the character of the man of the last days. And you say, well, Pastor, how do, you, how do you find that out? Well, you go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. He says that the last days, men will be lovers of themselves. So the, the, the most significant expression of the men in the last days is they'll consider themselves more important than God. They'll have the nature of Satan. They will be lovers of the self, lovers of money, they will be proud, boasting, blaspheming. Every word they speak is challenging the truth of God, twisting the things of God. They will be disobedient. They will be unthankful, unholy. So this is the character of the man. So if you take men from this level to be perfected in Christ, only a miracle. And so I was telling Pastor Richie, Richie, if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit that is transforming us into the likeness of Christ, that's the work of the Holy Spirit, to remind us of the things of God. If it wasn't for the grace of God that has appeared to all men, bringing salvation, teaching us to deny ungodliness, if it wasn't for the Spirit of God, the Son of God, the grace of God, if it wasn't for the Word of God, if it wasn't for pastors, we're, we're celebrating pastor appreciation, these men that God have appointed 
The Bible says to endeavor the affairs that have to do with God. So I've never sat down with anybody at church to do taxes. I have never sat down with anybody to do their electricity or plumbing. I wish I could. But my, my function as a pastor is to bring all men to have right standing, not with me, not with the church, with God. So that's our work. But in the light of this difficulty to present men perfect before Christ, in the light of bringing them from being self-centered and selfish, unfaithful, disobedient, rebellious, to being that which God intended for them to be, what is that? Romans 8.29, to be conformed to the image of his son. God those he foreknew, he predestined, and he, his work in our lives is that we might conform to the image of his son. That is the full work of the Lord. The, the end product of the church is to make men according to the heart of God. So in that affairs, I, I don't want to continue. I just want you to know that that is a, a very intense laboring cause. Which, which, you know, in, in our day, there's many people that says, listen, don't waste your time, Pastor. I guess, guess what? It's not a wasted time. It's an invested time. And it's bringing men to know that Christ in them is the hope of glory. And so we preach and warn and instruct. The Bible says we're to rebuke. We're to correct. We're to address these affairs that nobody wants. And in fact, many, the Bible says, are going to fall away. We see this here in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. He says, in the last days, the Spirit has expressly said that some will depart from the faith and they'll start listening to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So we see this all over the place. There's, everybody is marching to the drumbeat of somebody's doctrine and teaching and we want to walk according to Jesus' drumbeat. We want to be in the rhythms of his grace. We want to fulfill his purposes. We believe that in the last days, God will pour out his spirit on all flesh. And there will be uh, men with dreams. There will be young men with visions. There will be servants of the Lord filled with the power of God, walking in the direction of the Lord. So in this regard, we prepare men to be ready at his coming, which is a phenomenal task. And we're at work. The hammer and the chisel are in the hand, spiritually speaking, preparing men to fight the battles of the Lord. The calling men out by exhortation, rebuke, correction. The calling men to warn them and to endure the difficult task to not lose heart, not fall away, not say, I quit, this is not for me. The beauty of God and his wonderful attributes are the attraction that keeps us moving forward. And I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about God of miracles, the God of signs and wonders, the God who was introduced to me when I was an adolescent youth with no hope and no future, and the miracles began. God began to transform our hearts, transform our thoughts, as we contemplated the Lord, as we, we observed his beauty, there was a transformation taking place that was much too wonderful. And, and we want to say this, if you don't have an ac accurate 
understanding. And, and if you don't see God for who he is, the devil will twist and thwart his character attributes to your life. You will find that God is not. If, if you listen to the devil, God is a fraud and he's let us down. And you can't rely upon him and he doesn't show up in the day of your necessity. But if you're to know his attributes, if you're to know your God strongly, the devil can't deceive you. He tries to lie, cheat. The Bible says he's cunning. He's stealthful. He disguises. He misrepresents. But the truth of the matter is that while the devil was astute, listen to me, in the innumerable company of angels up in heaven, the devil was able to misrepresent God to a third of the angels. Imagine how masterful this enemy of God is that he empties out heaven with a third of the angels following him. And so we know the destiny of those angels in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. The Bible says God brought righteous punishment on those angels who sinned. And he says he did not spare them. He did not free them from responsibility. But the Lord, those who sinned against him, he cast them down to hell. And he delivered all those prisoners to the chains of darkness, reserved for judgment. Now, the devil was able to bring a third of the angels out of heaven and by deception and by mischaracterizing God, he was able to bring a lot of angels to be imprisoned in chains of darkness reserved for judgment. The Bible describes them in Jude, verse 6, the angels who did not keep their proper domain. These are examples for us that we not be deceived by the devil. That we not be led astray by what he mischaracterizes God. The angels who did not keep their proper domain. My friend, we were talking about this on Wednesday. We were talking about the metron of the sphere where God put you in to perfect you. And if you don't keep the proper domain under the oversight and the ministry of men he has appointed... We talked about that on Wednesday. You should listen to that message that he has appointed you in our sphere of responsibility spiritually so that we can mess with your character so you will be found faithful. Faithful in all things. Faithful in your example. Faithful in your character. In your walk. This is not a free-for-all, do what you want, where you want, when you want. That's the kingdom of hell where there's no boundaries and lawlessness abounds. But in the kingdom of God, God has appointed authorities over you to perfect you. He's appointed authorities over you to oversee. And, and, and the Bible says, as those that will give an account for your soul. One day we'll be in heaven. And you'll be judged by the place where God put you to be able to bring you to perfection in Christ. But those angels who did not keep their proper place, domain, but left their own abode... The, the, the area God had assigned them to, they followed the devil. Those angels, he's reserved in everlasting chains under darkness 
for the day of judgment of the great day. See, if we don't read these verses and understand them, we can come to the conclusion we can do whatever we want and everything's okay. And it's not. God is a God of order and not a God of confusion. You're to pass down what you're entrusted to to the next generation, not be irresponsible. So as we focus on these things, it's, it's incredibly important that we see the devil deceive the angels, took a third of them to be into chains, prisoners reserved for judgment in darkness. Then he deceived Adam and Eve in the garden. And the Bible says in the last days, he's disguising himself as an angel of light, trying to deceive men. And deception will become the atmosphere of the last days. But we're sitting here concentrating on that work, making sure you're found blameless before the Lord at his coming to such a degree that the Bible tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, if we focus on these things, if you instruct the brethren, the faithful, the believers in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ. So what are we doing? Just what it says. Because we want to be good ministers of our Lord Jesus Christ, we instruct believers in these affairs, nourishing them in the words of faith and of all the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. We're not being reckless. We're being careful. The Bible says if you do something like this, you'll avoid, verse 7, all the fables, all the stories. Reject profane old wives' tale. Exercise yourself towards godliness. Move in the direction of perfecting your character, not away from it. Verse 8, for those who exercise bodily exercise at the gym they go three times a day you barely come to church three times a week a lot of people i was having dinner last night and and one of the young girls uh friends of our family she was like my parents are freaking out because i go to the church three times a week i go yeah but they go to the gym three times a day isn't that crazy that that we're more focused upon our bodily exercise and, and we, don't, we don't see it weird that people go to the gym so much because they're exercising what they want to grow. The same thing with regards to godliness. The physical exercise profits little, but godliness profits all things. You be strong in the character of God and you get ready for an incredible life of the expression of all things God has for you. In fact, when you're not in godly character, you lose and diminish and are depleted the fruitfulness of all that God has planned. Having promise of this life now that is and of the life that is coming. Verse 9. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. If you're listening to me this morning, you're getting a great dose of the Holy Ghost. You're getting the provision of heaven. We're not talking matters of earthly controversy. We're talking about eternal life we're talking about when you stand before God I had the opportunity to talk to the wealthiest men here in Miami I said you die today you stand before God tomorrow everything you have stays what are you going to do that you did not represent God's interest upon the earth having been given so much 
You haven't done anything. Kobe Bryant was able to do greater things than just dribble a basketball. He was able to do greater things than just represent a legacy of a champion. He could have done a lot of things for the kingdom of God. The Bible says in verse 10 that this is a faithful and worthy saying, worthy of all acceptance, for to this end we're working. And we suffer setbacks because we trust in the living God who's the savior of all men, especially of those who believe. We're laboring to make sure that we are moving in the direction of God. Verse 11, it says, teach these things and command them. A lot of people could barely tolerate to be taught and they will not tolerate to be commanded. Why are you forcing me? Well, because this is in your best interest. And the Bible tells me to command you to be faithful to God, to serve God, to develop your character and to become like Christ. And so all these matters are super important. As I, I, we move forward today, we want to concentrate not in the work that God is doing in man, which is our continual pursuit. We've been told to do that. But I want you to contemplate God. And I'm going to spend the next 15 minutes giving you a dose of the miracle of God's goodness in our life. The God of miracles wants to pour out in your life a, a proper understanding so that you might be emboldened, so that you might secure the God of miracles. This was the God that was proclaimed to me when I had no future. I had no hope. And they said, listen, in Christ, all things are possible. It was powerful. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. How could this be? How can I do all things? And remember what it says, it's through Christ who strengthens you. He will lead you to triumph in manners and in measure that you would not even believe. The Bible says things eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. The things that haven't even entered in your heart are possible through God. Jeremiah 10.23 says, The Lord, I know the people's lives are not their own. The way... I know the way of man is not in himself. This self-reliance, this self-pursuit, this is to be a self-made man. That's not God's design. There is no self-made man because God made man. God created man and not he himself. He is our God we are his creation. When you, when you turn that thing upside down, you have no one to answer to. You begin a lost boy's life. Darkness will fill your days. You have no light because the light is in his word. The Lord, he says, I know the way of man. It's not in himself. It is not in man to walk and to direct his own steps. It's not in man to decide what to do, when to do. If a man rebels from listening to God, he's going to listen to someone else. He's going to be led by something else. And so, every which way but lose. When you leave God, you start a life of wandering. A life of an orphan without direction. You don't know the inheritance and the legacy that's left to you. 
So as we contemplate God, knowing that it's not within us to direct our own path and direct our own steps, I, Psalm 143 verse 6 says, I will spread out my hands to you. I, I'm going to lift up who I am before God. My soul longs for you like a man who's in a thirsty land. I have nothing outside of God. And in God, I have all things. In him, every expression of my... This is why the distraction of our day, everything is unfocused. He doesn't allow you to have... Uh, there, there are no absolutes. Have you heard that before? I mean, there's no absolutes. You can't say anything's absolute except you just said that there are no absolutes. You tried to use an absolute to say there's no absolute. But let me tell you, my friend, you're absolutely wrong. And God is absolutely right. And when you know him, you begin to contemplate those things which never change. He's the same. Listen, it doesn't matter what the political, social, economic climate is. God remains the same. And in his remaining the same, he's sufficient for all things. Nothing is impossible for him. This is why we call him the God of miracles. Because you can put your hope in God. You can begin to look for God and seek him out like one who's in a thirsty land longs for a drink. He wants you to find that fountain, my friend. He wants you to get to the place where in him... All things are satisfied. Let's read Malachi 3.6. Old Testament. For I the Lord do not change. He is the same God he was from the beginning. Along what route did you take where God stopped being God? And because you don't know God, you can't see his miracles. You can't see the wonderfulness of him making all things possible. Because the Bible tells us with God, all things are possible. God begins to do things that will blow you away. So you can put your hope, your expectation, you can have a personal relationship with a God who bestows upon you all things needed and more. Hebrews 13.8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday Today and forever. You're not consumed. You don't come to nothing. When everything runs out, when there's nothing else to say, you can lift your eyes to the heavens. You could be introduced to a God of miracles, the God of the impossible. When men run into this God, everything changes. We're not left out in the cold. His character is of the highest integrity. We're supposed to come into the temple of the Lord and inquire and consider this God. In fact, I have a lot of men. I have friends. I have neighbors. I have acquaintances. I have conversations with complete strangers. And every time they come to the table, they'll begin to relate a conversation and have a, co a communication of various sorts. And then I will come and introduce the God of miracles. And then they say, well, 
That changes things then. Yes, it does, my friend. He never changes, but things change when he's present. This is a glorious reality. I've seen it for 37 years. When there is no way, he is the way. When there's no other answers, he is the full satisfied result and response to every predicament, to everything perplexing man upon the earth, to everything confusion, he's peace, he's order. We see him in his character perfect in every way. He always does the right thing. He always has the right answer. He's holy and absolute. He's truthful and righteous and just. He's able. Yesterday, uh, I was talking to one of my nieces, and she's like, life isn't fair, deal. And I said, listen to me. God is fair. God is faithful to bring vengeance upon all things, to, to bring righteous judgment. I, I was talking with Pastor Richie, the same thing. There was, everybody has an opinion upon the earth. Some people are ultra right some people are ultra left but God is a righteous judge he he draws a line right where it goes in a perfect way it's the miraculous ways of God he will never betray your confidence this means he'll never let you down how can it be that God will not render you ashamed that your countenance will not be fallen forever when, when things are in God's hands, you see the glorious miracle of life, of peace, of light. You begin to see all things. You know, some people say, well, you can't create. Listen, he can. You can't create a perfect world. God can. Let God in your life. Let God move. If only you would believe, you would see the glory of God. If only you allowed the atmosphere, the, the, the way things are right now, they ask, uh, uh, a journalist asked uh, Billy Graham's daughter, Ann Graham Loss, why are things like this? Why does God allow school shootings? And she says, I know why. You kicked them out of the schools. If you kick God out of your life and to the curb, you're not going to see miracles. You're not going to see wonders and signs. You're not going to know God. I love Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. The Bible says the people who know their God, those who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Well, what's, what's going on with a weak people? They have forgotten God. They, they're, they're no longer bringing God to the formula. They don't know God. And so they're not able to see signs, wonders, and miracles. God wants us to be totally in tuned with who he is. And when you introduce the God of miracles to your situation, now I want to ask you, what is difficult for him? What is, what is controversy? What is confusing for him? I, I love when people... Um, find a medical diagnosis. They, they have a terminal illness. And, and men sit there and says, there's nothing else we could do. That's when God can do something. That's when you could introduce your God to your situation and see him raise the dead. You can see him heal the sick. You can see him heal the blind. 
He can heal the deaf, the lame, the diseased, the demon-possessed. He's a God of miracles. We do well in knowing his loving mercy, his faithfulness, his never-changing character. We can never grow tired of considering the attributes of God and bring them into our lives. He will always do what's best for you. You don't have to doubt anymore. Every doubt is answered by his presence. You can call upon the Lord and see his salvation. People from different walks of life, people that look at him in different light. Some people see him as an as a indulgent grandfather. He gives me everything I want whenever I want without reprisal. And other people see him as a vindictive dictator trying to keep people uh, on their toes walking on eggshells. All these distortions of God causes men to be depleted in their peace. When Paul writes the Ephesians, I want to talk about that a second. In chapter 2, he says the words, he says, I want to introduce you to a God. Verse 14, once you come to him, he becomes your peace. When you have a right understanding of who God is in his character and in his presence, you have peace. He who has made both one and broken down the middle wall of separation. He has destroyed everything in Christ. In Christ, he has destroyed everything that keeps you away from him. What's that mean? That God has paid the debt of your sin, of your transgression. And he did this to break down the wall of separation. Verse 15. Having abolished in his flesh, the enmity that is in the law of the commandments. Everything that we did to mess up our relationship with God, God sent his son to make things right. So as to create in himself a new man from two, and that brings our peace. Verse 16. He did this with the purpose of reconciling man, both to God in one body through the cross, they're putting death the enmity. Putting to death the enmity. Verse 17. He came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near. God says, you know something? I want you to come to me, the God of miracles. Watch me do my thing. Watch me move in a wonderful manner where you stop thirsting where you stop hungering, where there's no deficiency, there's no lack. I've experienced this in my life for the past 37 years, seeing God answer one situation after another, one difficulty after another. If, if we were to sit here and just talk about the miracles God has done, we'd be here for an eternity, knowing his loving kindness, his mercy, his presence. I love Jeremiah 32, 17. Lord God, you who made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm, your great power, your arm which is not limited, there is nothing too difficult for you. I would like to introduce you to this God. I, you, you do well in knowing him and serving him and following him and introducing him to your family. 
that you welcome God and get rid of the chatter, all the distraction. Well, I, I heard and I saw and I thought and I... Listen, nothing is too difficult for thee. As Jeremiah is talking about the character of God, verse 19, he repeats himself saying, Lord, you are great in counsel. When you give advice, it's the best advice. I've seen God give advice. I've seen God lead men who come to him for direction. You're not only great in counsel, you're mighty indeed. For your eyes are open to all the ways of the sons of men. There's not a corner in this world that God does not concern himself with. That's why it's so foolish that people might contemplate the confusion on the earth. Oh, what's going on? What's going on? I love how it says, I have a verse here, Daniel. In the book of Daniel, the Bible says, chapter 2, verse 21. He determines the world's events. He changes the times and the season. He removes a leader and raises up leaders. You don't have to worry about the elections. God has it covered. He's the one that has determined who will govern matters here upon the earth. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. We can rest and have peace in God. We can walk in such a way where the Bible says in Daniel 4.35, all the people of the earth are nothing. It doesn't matter what they're saying. The inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. Their reputation comes to zero as God moves upon the earth. He does according to his will in the armies of heaven and amongst the inhabitants of the earth. No one could restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? Imagine people questioning what God is doing. He's way above Way above all things that you consider, things that you give opinions about. I, I marvel at when man says, you know what I think? I'm like, oh, Lord, help us. I don't know what you think, my friend, but Ephesians 3.20 says that there's one who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we pray and ask. There's, there's something that's working on behalf of those who walk with God, which is way beyond so I, I pray sometimes, every time something happens, I'm like, Lord, this is nothing for you, number one. Number two, you're way above this. Number three, Lord, do exceedingly, abundantly above what I think because my thoughts are tiny, puny. What I think and what I consider and what I know are nothing compared to the knowledge of him who knows all things. Nothing's too hard for him. He doesn't need help. No problem is too complicated that he cannot solve. There's no enemy strong that he cannot conquer. There's no prayer too difficult that he cannot answer. If our hearts and our motives are right, if we're in the right place, we're going to see the glory of God. There's nothing too difficult for him. There's nothing that his strength cannot bring about. Hebrews 4.13 says, nothing in all of creation is hidden from his sight. And sometimes I tell God, God, do you see that? Of course he saw that. This morning, the worship team prepared all these songs. And it's right in line and consistent with this word. We didn't talk. 
But God knew his people needed to hear this message. Our God is powerful. Our God is strong. Our God is able. Our God is the God of miracles. You do well in trusting in him. The Bible says when you trust in God, you won't be put to shame. You won't be left out in the cold. You won't be left needing anything. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk, the psalmist says. Psalm 33, verse 6, he's the power to create all things from nothing. By your words, the heavens were made and all the host of them by the breath of your mouth. Verse 7, he gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in the storehouses. Verse 8, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the earth stand in all of him. Verse 9. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded it and it stood fast. In these days, there's a lot of shaking going on. But God is immovable. God establishes his rule, his reign. God wants you to know that he has the power to create from nothing. Has the power to deliver has the power to speak and have things happen, has the power to reflect upon his creation, his character. His powerful word holds all things together. He has the power over death, and no one can challenge what he does. He reveals himself as almighty God. All of creation is dependent upon him. His presence brings contentment to all things. You cannot hide from God. He controls times and seasons. God powerful delivers his people from bondage. He controls nature for his purposes. God chooses his people to become like Christ. He chooses his people before the world began. His eternal purpose will come to pass. He raises and removes and places governors and kings and leaders. He has a plan for his people. He chose his people to be saved through the purity of sanctification. He is a sovereign God and knows all things at all times. He is a God of creation that we look upon. He determines world events. Psalm 139 verse 1 says, Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You search me and you know me. Verse 2. From the time I sit down in the morning to my raising up, you understand my thoughts from far off. There could be confusion in things you don't understand, but there's no confusion in the God who leads in all manners way above. The Bible says that everything will fade, but God will stand true forever. We can rely upon his faithfulness. We can walk in his understanding. Psalm 119 verse 90, your faithfulness endures to every generation. You have established the earth and it stands fast. Psalm 119 verse 90. The Lord has determined all these matters. We're the ones that have been disconnected. We have been distanced. We've allowed things to come into our lives that caused darkness to come into his counsel. Let's pray this morning that you would return to the God of miracles, that you would surrender into his hands.
that nothing here upon the earth can disturb him. Isaiah 43, verse 19, the Bible says he creates. I will do new things, and it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? When we go into adversity and conflict, we should already know the hand of God is strong in our lives. And he's changing things and working things for our own good. His thoughts are towards us to give us peace, to give us future and a hope. We don't have to guess. We don't have to wonder. We can know. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. In the place where you think that there's no provision, God's about to unleash his goodness in your life. And you're going to be able to preach this sermon, the God of miracles in the days to come. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you that you are who you are. Father, forgive us for having missed you in the midst of all these controversies, in the midst of temptations and, and snares and difficulties and trials and conflicts and setbacks that we have questioned your character. The devil wants us to distort and to thwart who you are, but you continue to be who you are from the beginning. You're not shifty and shady and 50 shades of gray. Father, you are solid you are absolute, you are true, you are faithful, you are wonderful, you are honorable, you are good, you are merciful, you are loving. So we pray, Father God, and we surrender to all things your plans, to all things your priority, to all things your presence. We pray that you would bless your people and they, they would come to the full knowledge and the full wisdom of who you are. So that that light shines brighter than any darkness that might befall us men. Knowing that nothing, nothing, nothing is too difficult for thee. We love you. We celebrate you. And we lift you up in this hour. In Jesus' name. And the people of God say amen, amen, and amen. See you on Wednesday. Love you. And soon we'll be celebrating the faithfulness of God that causes all things for good for those who love them and are called according to his purpose. God bless you.